All right, coming up in an hour, I'll give you an opportunity to go see Barry Manilow. In just four days from now, he'll be at Little Caesars Arena. We'll do that at 348. Uh, Coming up in just a couple of minutes, too, we're talking the Gordie Howe Bridge. It is coming along nicely. It's going to be very cool. I'm very excited for that. I want to get to a couple more of your calls. 800-859-0957. Let's go to Steve in Northwest Ohio. What's up, Steven? Hey, having a great Friday. I hope you are, too, Chris. Good, Uh, man. Thank you. Been on before. Hey, uh, been married 35 years now, and we've driven to Myrtle Beach, our favorite place to go from Fremont, Ohio, right by Lake Erie. Great spot. That's a 12-and-a-half-hour drive. Yep. If I fill up here in Fremont, I only got to get gas one time. I'm there in 12-and-a-half hours. From what you're describing, connect the dots, connect the dots, connect the dots. Yeah. That 12-and-a-half-hour day is going to be almost 15. That means I'm getting a hotel. Yeah, so I'll tell you this. My my, my buddy with the Tesla uh, used to live in Charlotte. Now he lives in Atlanta. Um, and he, he's got a couple of dogs. Uh, and so whenever he comes back home here to, to Metro Detroit, he drives. He drives the Tesla and he comes home. Um, and he brings the dogs. So for him, right, in that scenario... Uh, he's got the Tesla, so it connects the dots. So it's not it's not incredibly burdensome because he's got the dog. So he'll go take the dog for a walk, let it do its the you know its business, and then get back in the car, and everybody's happy. But you're right. I think for a traditional trip, if you're going down to, to Myrtle Beach, it is very difficult to justify all of the extra time. And no, uh, you know, eighteen minutes here, twelve minutes here seven minutes here, whatever it is, it is not cumbersome in the moment. But when you add it all up, you're right. I think then you start really considering, is it worth taking it on a on a long trip like that? And that's any long trip. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, we drove to uh, Sioux Falls and Mount Rushmore, and uh, same thing, Sioux Falls, man, I pushed it. It was 13 hours, and uh, mm. I'm not going to Sioux Falls in a 13-hour traditional right. trip. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, and a lot of people in the summer, they want a vacation and they want to get there. Now, and Steve, let me ask you this say, real quick. Let me ask you this though: if yeah. if that infrastructure pops up and if if it becomes faster, if it becomes if it becomes more affordable, are you in then? Like, are you against EVs or is it is it literally just an infrastructure hurdle for you? I tell you what, it's infrastructure. I'm a social studies teacher, so yep. we've been talking about it for years. I got a Ford Maverick. I love it. Okay. I get 33 miles per gallon yep. on the uh, highway. It's not a hybrid. Love it. I'm, I'm 58. I'm driving this truck. I'll never buy a new vehicle again. I'm driving this thing till I bury it. All right, <laughs> man. Good for you, Steve. Thank you, man. It's good to hear from you. Um, all right, if you're on the line, hold tight. I'll get to you momentarily. I do want to bring in... Uh, th- this this kind of update on the Gordy Howe Bridge. Look, it is coming along very nicely. Um, and there is some exciting, I guess, progress being made. And Heather Grandin is the VP of Corporate Affairs and External Relations at the Windsor Detroit Bridge Authority. And she joins us. Heather, great to have you. Great. Thanks for having me this afternoon. Well, we are starting to see kind of both sides materialize here. and mm-hmm. And we are really... What, just a couple of months away from reaching the peak height of, what, 722 feet? So the progress is really being made. 
Oh, yeah. The team has been able to make great progress um, this whole year. Actually, this entire year has been great for the construction crews across all four of our project components. So the Michigan interchange work, the U.S. port of entry, of course, the bridge, which everyone can see now from miles away, and then the Canadian port of entry. Well, this will be, when completed, the longest main span of any cable state bridge in North America, which is very cool. It's going to be the a top 10 uh, longest bridge in the world in, in, in terms of the, 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 the cable aspect. What makes this bridge so unique? What, what separates this span from, from others like it? Yeah, so what's so critical about uh, this span and what really what sets it apart is that length of the main span. So when we talk about the main span, it's that part of the bridge that is between the towers. So between the U.S. tower that's on land and the Canadian tower that's on land. Um, when we were designing this project, it was really important to us that we did not put our piers um, of the bridge in the water. As we all know, the Detroit River is an incredibly important river for... ...and the environment and the ecology. So we needed to keep our piers out of the water. Sure. By doing that, it created that opportunity to really have to build that long main span, which is mm -hmm. setting it apart from other bridges. Um, on top of that, our towers, you know, to be able to support such a long bridge are incredibly high. So to give people just a bit of a point of reference, our towers at about 722 feet are going to be equivalent to the center tower at the GM Renaissance Center. So just mm. a massive, massive Huge. bridge. Yeah, and, and, and one of the more exciting mm -hmm. aspects of this bridge, I think, was, was not only um, a, a, another way to connect uh, the, the Michigan to Canada, Michigan to to Windsor, mm -hmm. um, but also the, the the walkability of it. There is a pedestrian aspect that it, it goes hand in hand with the the vehicle travel. I think that's very cool. Is that still on track? That definitely is. And you know what's so important, and I think what makes that aspect of this project so special is the multi-use path for pedestrians and cyclists was included because that's what we heard from the communities on both mm. sides of the border. The original design didn't have the multi-use path in it, but when we were, you know, kind of really kind of early in, in our stages back around 2015, 2016 and out gathering input, one thing that we heard in unison from communities on both sides was please include a path for us to be able to walk and mm. bike People talked about how they used to be able to do that, how you can do that on other bridges, and they wanted to make sure that it was included here on our bridge. And one of the key features on this bridge is going to be the lighting aspect. And I think that's kind of the wow factor. Mm -hmm. That's what kind of makes this thing pop. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think when this thing is done, it's going to be spectacular. Oh, it, it really will. So people will be able to see, you know, all of the state cables. So there'll be 216 state cables installed when completed. All of those state cables will be illuminated. Um, the edge lighting will be illuminated. And really from a distance, it's going to look like at night. It's just this beautiful kind of floating bridge in, in our joint skyline. And we've got, what, about 16 months left for the project to be completion? Are we still on that same timeline of, of December of 24? Well, you know, we're still working toward that timeline, but I always like to remind people, you know, we signed the contract, we set up that timeline before any of us ever experienced a pandemic, sure. before we, any sure. of us experienced the supply chain issues. Yeah. 
So, you know, we talk about schedule with our partners all the time and, you know, something that we're continuing to work toward, but something that, you know, we really have to think about, you know, how do we get this done safely at the quality we want, recognizing what we've gone through over the past few years. Well, you'll just have to forgive me. I'm just very excited. So I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I know. It, I, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Heather, good stuff. Thank you so yeah. much for the update. And uh, I look forward to Thank checking you. in again soon. Great. Thank you so much. You got it. That's Heather Grandin uh, with the Windsor Bridge, uh, Windsor Detroit Bridge Authority, the VP of Corporate Affairs and External Relations. Um, Can I, I'll tell you what, we'll save it. Is that fair? Danielle was going to yell at me. I was going to take another call. If you're on the line, hold tight. I will get to you coming up next. I got to take a break. We'll make way for the top of the news, uh, the hour, the uh, news at the top of the hour. If you're on the line, hold tight. We've got calls. We've got texts coming up on the other side. We'll give you an update on a couple of big stories, including Donald Trump. He was he was gung-ho about releasing this information, what he calls irrefutable evidence of election fraud in Georgia. He was set to have a press conference Monday. I'll tell you what the status of that press conference is coming up. Uh, but if you're on the line, hold tight. We'll get back to your calls on electric vehicles, 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. More calls. More texts on the other side. Don't go anywhere.